Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll get there, we'll get there eventually. Uh, today we're starting, or we're, we're, we're continuing rather, uh, a series that we started last week uh, called Faith God's Delivery System. Uh, much like what we just prayed, I think there's a lot of us that are our experience with God is, is below the experience that he came to bring us. Uh, how many of you guys would agree? So I, I think there's more to this. There's, there's more that I'm supposed to be uh, experiencing. That was really my heart, uh, behind, uh, my heart behind going this direction with this message. I know even Josh and I even talked some about this, that, that there's a need, there's a, there's a God's breathing on, if you will, uh, this message of faith and talking about faith. And so uh, I definitely want to go after some of that right now. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, here's where we're, here's kind of our, uh, a bit of our foundation. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Do you realize one of the most evangelistic things God will ever do on this planet is just be really, really good to you so that people want what you have? He just wants to be, that's what he just said. He raised us up and he seated us in in, in heavenly places with Christ. And and his desire was in the coming ages to show the incomparable measure of his riches, of his goodness, of his grace, of his kindness to you. To show the world how good he really is. How many guys believe that's an assignment you can sign up for? It's like, Lord, I'll carry my cross. Be kind to me. (laughs) I accept my role. (laughs) I love it. Verse 8. For it is by grace, say that, by grace, you have been saved through faith. Say through faith. One more time, by grace, through faith. And this is not for yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so what we're talking about is is this this principle, if you will, that's outlined in, in, in really four words, by grace, through faith. Uh, God has set up a system in which Jesus came, lived a perfect life, traded us our imperfect life so we could get the perfect results that only Jesus deserved. Grace, it's as if grace and what Jesus did, the finished work of Jesus on the cross, it started pouring every single thing we would ever need in this lifetime. Every blessing, every promise, everything good that would ever exist, that we would ever need, every need we would have, every hope that we would have, every dream that we would have. He put every single bit of that in this big storage container by grace. So grace is the source. Everybody good, good so far? But he said it's by grace through faith. Grace is not the delivery system. Grace is the source. It's faith that is the delivery system. In other words, faith delivers what Jesus has already paid for into our natural lives, into our, into our hearts, into our minds, into our, into our physical bodies. How many of you guys have ever been to Schlitterbahn? You ever been to Schlitterbahn? I was thinking about Schlitterbahn, and I wish I'd done a little more research and, and, and found out just how much water it takes 
to, to make Schlitterbahn work. That is an, an incredible amount of water. Well, what if you were to take your kids there this summer and the park was just abs- not a stitch of water except for a little bit of water left in the bottom and you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? There's all these water slides, there's the lazy river, there's all this stuff that, that we're, we came to enjoy and they said, oh, actually we changed our supply line into the park. We decided to go with a one-inch supply line. <laughs> Is the issue the park? Is the issue the city water source? Or is the issue the delivery system? It's the delivery system. And for so many of us in our lives, we see glimpses of what could be in our lives. We look in Scripture and go, oh, this is what God wants me to experience. This is what Jesus came to do. And, and there's this disconnect between what we see in Scripture, what we believe God's told us, and what we're actually living in, what we're actually enjoying. What this Scripture is telling us is that it's by grace through faith. Faith is the delivery system. Faith erases the disconnect from what we know to be true to what we have enjoyed. It is by faith. Faith is the delivery system. So here's, here's my point. It doesn't matter how big the supply is. If we have a small delivery system, we have a small experience. It doesn't matter. I think we would all exist. There's a whole lot of stuff out there that we don't understand. Can we agree to that? Just, gosh, imagine the God that can just, it's like, and God doesn't have to be careful with what he says, but just it's for the sake of the example. It's like he has to kind of be careful with what he says because as soon as the words come out of his mouth, it happens. A God so powerful exists that just a word comes out and it happens. There's so much out there for us to experience. I've just been having these, honest to God, these crazy thoughts of, of, of just looking at the church. I was listening to... Um, this is a major rabbit trail, so we may not even get back to the notes, so just bear with me. Uh, this, I was listening to uh, a panel discussion with uh, Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson is, a, is like the worship pastor. He's the son of Bill Johnson, who is the founding pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California. Uh, Brian Johnson's written a bunch of the songs that, that we sing, and he, I was listening to him do a... To do a um, he was doing a panel discussion at the God is Near conference, Heaven Come conference, God is Near, in uh, a couple of weeks ago. And was it Dallas? Uh, several, who, anybody here go to the Heaven Come? We had a few people go to Heaven Come. Uh, he, he was in this panel discussion. He, he was talking about dreams that he had. And the, the question was, what are some of the dreams that you have? And he gave some natural dreams. One of his dreams was that he gets to hunt three months out of the year, which I think is completely godly. Um, <laughs> but one of, one of the dreams... One of the dreams that he said he had was that a church would arise that it was okay to experiment with God. Can I just say this? If the church we see today is the church, the, the church we're still going to 100 years from now, we've missed something. We've missed something. God is so much bigger than what we can wrap our heads around right now. And I just believe that there's, there's like a, a, a cry from heaven saying, just ask for more. Just go after more. Believe God for more. Believe God that, what, what if we could have a church where literally every single person came, that walked in, we prayed for, they were healed immediately. You think this, sucker, this church wouldn't grow pretty quick? I mean, we, we, would, we, wouldn't have, we couldn't build buildings fast enough to get people into this church. 
Is it possible? Got some, uh, I don't know, Pastor. Every person? What does the Bible say? Jesus went about doing good and healing most. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing all. And then he had the audacity to say, greater works than I did shall you do also. What might that be? Like what might be greater than healing all? Is not the scripture rich with an invitation to ask for more? Lord, uh, what exactly is greater works mean? (laughs) You know what? It starts with just the willingness to ask that question. And it's, it's all there. It's all in the supply. It just, we've got to increase the size of the delivery system and say, Lord, I know it's there, and help us enlarge our faith. We want more of what's there that we don't see to be visible in the realm that we do. There's got to be more out there. Faith is the delivery system. Grace is the source. I'll, 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 I didn't know a good way to introduce this next part, uh, so it's kind of like a 90-degree turn, so just go with me on a little, little side road here. Um, you have to embrace the idea that maybe God's not looking for the, in your life for the things you think he's looking for. The, it may be the things that you think God's wanting to see the most in your life may or may not be true. In Luke, uh, Luke 10, I'll read this story really quick. Six minutes left. Who, who's, are you fast-forwarding the clock? Um, Luke 10 says, As Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Now, let's just let's be honest. Don't act like you know the end of the story, and don't you act super spiritual. Doesn't it seem like Martha's right? Doesn't it seem like she's right? Your, your sister's sitting there. You're working. She's sitting there. Get up. Tell her, Jesus. <laughs> tell her, just tell her something, Jesus. I was, I was raised in a family I, where, I mean, hard work was, was, a, was, was highly valued. I had, a, I had a job. I had a summer job uh, since I was 12 years old. Uh, and when I was 12 and all my other friends were getting ready to have an amazing summer, uh, my mom said, yeah, you're, you're getting a job. Oh, by the way, I found it already. <laughs> and uh, so I went to work for my, for my uncle. Uh, my uncle is a really well-known uh, horse trainer, and so I went to work for him training horses, working cattle, building fence, painting fence, just, just straight-up cowboy. Uh, y'all didn't know about that life, did you? I didn't. <laughs> So that was back when cowboys invented the original skinny jeans and called them Wranglers and then started making fun of us when we started wearing skinny jeans and they switched to their baggy sense jeans. <laughs> anyway, so I, 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 working hard was a big deal and, and my, uncle, my, uncle had this, my uncle had this saying he'd, when we'd spend the night with him and he'd just would, he would literally randomly yell it. Like he'd, he'd catch you at a baseball game in the Little League and all of a sudden you'd hear my Uncle Jeff, get your work clothes on! Get, <laughs> get, 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 
work gloves on. Get your work clothes on. And it's like, I think that's probably how Martha was feeling. She's sitting there looking at her sister like, get your work clothes on. <laughs> at a minimum. Now, if we finish, let's finish reading. It says, but the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. And Martha's like, say what? says there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary's discovered it, and it's not, going to be taken up, it's not going to be taken away from her. Can we just acknowledge that at a minimum, there are some things in Scripture that that just doesn't make sense? Or I'll take it a step further. Maybe there's some things in Scripture that that didn't go the way we, seem, we thought we, we, it seemed it should go. Can we just acknowledge that maybe the, the kingdom, the kingdom of God can be different, extremely different, backwards, upside down from maybe the kingdoms that we live in here on earth. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says there is a way that seems right unto a man. 100% seems right. But at the end of that path is death. Good intentions. This seems like the right thing to do. Completely different result. It, it, it causes us, it requires that we consider that sometimes things that we think make sense, and this is how it should go, and this is maybe what God should want from me, or he should want from my wife, or he should want from my friends, or he sh- this is what he should want from people, may not be the thing he's actually looking for in the first place. Is it okay if we at least consider that? What is, what is God looking for? What is he looking for in you? Let's read in Luke 18. Luke 18, starting in verse 1, says this. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I do not fear God and I do not care about people, but this girl's cray cray. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he, even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. I think we can all acknowledge the fact that sometimes, at least sometimes in life, it seems as though the wrong people keep, keep getting all the right things happening to them. Anybody else ever felt that way? Or are y'all too spiritual to ever have that feeling? It's like, really, Jesus? You did that for him? He still dips Copenhagen. <laughs> I actually don't think that way. I was purely joking. Jesus, sometimes I think we can, we can get caught up in our things. Are, it, it, are, is it just going to turn out right for me? Am I going to get, is everything going to turn out right? Is, every, is God really a just God? Is things, are things actually in the end going to shake out? And here's what he's saying. Don't worry, they will. Fair enough? But then he says this, which seems like so out of left field. It says, but when the Son of Man returns... Old school, right here. Rapture. Anybody know about that rapture? We used to sing it. Back in the day, there were songs. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon he'll be going home. 
Y'all didn't, didn't know about that life, did you? <laughs> who said wow? Who, who was that? Dean? Support me in my goals. Um, <laughs> it says, I tell you the truth, he'll grant Justin quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, he's coming back. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? It's like, well, I thought we were talking about justice, Jesus. I thought we were talking about some other stuff. And it's almost as if he says sometimes there will be times when it's, we're worried about justice. But when he comes back, he's not going to be looking. His primary thing he's looking for is not people that got it right and justice. He's looking for faith. It says, but when the Son of Man returns, it just seems like a... When the Son of Man returns, how many people will he find that have real faith? Can I just say this? When he comes back, he's not coming back to see how perfectly you've lived. Not coming back for that. He's not going to come back and check your, your church attendance. Well, how many times you go to church? Oh, you went to the lake. He's not going to come back and say, oh, uh, so uh, how many buildings have your name on them? Were, 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 you, were you a very charitable giver? Do you get, is your name on all kinds of buildings and streets? And did you give this much money to this organization and this much money to this foundation? And hey, He will not be coming back looking for that. He will, he will not be coming back looking at your bank account and saying, oh, uh, how, much, how much money do you have? How, how, how did you do? How much money did you save? What's in your 401k? Did your kids get an education? Did you, do your kids all have college degrees? Oh, that's an extra story on your mansion right there. No, no, he's not coming back for any of those things. It says when the Son of Man returns, what's he looking for? Where is the faith? Not the perfect living, not the perfect doing. The ones that in their imperfect living and their imperfect doing keep getting up, dusting themselves off, and going forward again. I don't know how much of it you touched on in the second part, but I just, I grew up in a culture where I, I, was, I was slightly taught wrong what faith is, and, I, and, I, and, and walking by faith. Can I just be honest with you? This is what I think real faith is. I got about, a, there's about a 5% chance of this working, but I can't, I can't keep living like I'm living. I can't keep doing this. I don't know if I'm hearing God. I don't know if this is going to work. I, don't, I, I honest to God don't know, but I'm going to do something. That, to me, that's real faith. I, I was raised in, oh, faith is, oh, I have no doubt. I have no fear. I am fully persuaded. <laughs> persuaded with a T. <laughs> I'll just tell you, the biggest steps of faith I ever took, there was some fear in there. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear, though. So when you know that you're loved, he gets rid of that fear so you can take a step of faith. It's like, hey, man, get after it. What if I fail? Still love you. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's right. It is right. Thank you for saying that. That is right. Real faith doesn't mean you have to know, oh, I know exactly how this is going to work out. I, I, I used this analogy in the, in the, in the first service. The number one issue, the number one stressor, the number one deficit 
in the church today, if I, when you poll people say, what's the number one area you're struggling in? What's the number one area you need God to show up more in? Finances, hands down. Just got a lot of financial pressure. Too much debt. Not enough money. Most people, number one issue, money pressure. In connection to that, 80% statistics, now this church is different. Statistics say 80, at least 80% of church-going, Jesus-loving Christians do not tithe. I wasn't really expecting any amens on that one. I, I brought my own amens for that particular point. Let's look at the connection here. Most don't tithe. Most, their number one issue is in the area of money. I'll just tell you, the, when, when God asks you to give money, there's no way, on, especially the first time, you're not, it, it, it doesn't happen where you're like, gosh, man, I'm struggling uh, in this area of finances, but uh, okay, the Malachi and pastors talking about tithing again, here we go. And, yeah, I, I just, I just, I, I just, and then all of a sudden it comes on you. Wait a minute, something came over me. I'm fully persuaded that if I'll give 10%, I'll be taken care of the rest of my life. It's miraculous. It doesn't happen that way. It's, it's like one of those where it's like you go, you go by to drop that first tithe in the box and then you look, see if your wife's looking. It's kind of scary. It's kind of like, okay, Jesus, you see my budget. You see my bank account. You see my income. You see it. But I, at some point in my life, I'm going to have to give you more control of my finances than I have. At some point. Faith is not the absence of fear. It's the willingness to take a step in the presence of fear. Man, I don't know how this sucker's going to work out, but we're going to do this thing. Remember the first time I gave a word of knowledge to someone? I I was terrified. I think I've told this story recently, but it's a good one, so I'm going to tell it again. But I, I remember... The, the pastor that I, I came to pastor a church in Midland uh, quite a few years ago, and the pastor that was there, he was very proficient with words of knowledge. I mean, just spot on. And I was like, man, I want to do that. At first, it kind of started off like that. Well, then they named me the pastor of the church, and it was like, oh, now I got to do that. And I, honestly, God, it's been 100% honest with you. I started thinking like, Lord, you're going to have to help me out because, I mean, they can't get like the B-team pastor now that they've had him. Like you need to ramp up the gifts or something here. You know what he said? You ramp up the gifts, ramp up the faith. And I remember the first time, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to navigate through words of knowledge. And it was just, it was actually the very first time that I ever got a word of knowledge. I was on the front row sitting there. And all of a sudden, um, I got this splitting headache. And I knew right where it was. And I was like, where in the world did that come from? I don't even get headaches. And I, I felt like the Lord was saying, oh, that's a, and I'd heard people say sometimes words of knowledge, they'll get a symptom, they'll know it's for somebody else. And so I'm sitting there like, is this what that is? Or do I need an Advil? It's one of the two. Got to be. And I remember the Lord said, go up right now and take care of this. And I was like, mm-mm. Nope. This is not in our service schedule, Jesus this is, not, this is not how it goes. 
And I, he just kept nagging on me. And, and, and I finally, I got up and I just said, look, I, I, I walked up and I was like, hey, I, this is, this is, and, oh, and he said, and do it so that they can enjoy the rest of the service. That's what it was. It's like, usually at the end of the service, we'll pray for people. No, no, this was different. He said, no, do it before the service so she can enjoy the rest of the service. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I get up there and still about 50%, 30%, 13 sure that I had actually heard Jesus. And so I got up there and I was like, hey, I, and you know how when you're trying, you, you start disqualifying everything. This is probably no, but this is probably for someone in Uganda right now, but we're all going to, we're just going to extend our faith across the ocean right now. So that way, if no one raises their hand, you're off the hook, you know? Uh, and I said, uh, hey, I just, I got a sense that somebody in here, you just got a really bad headache right here. And, and the Lord is saying, uh, he wants to heal that. And I'm like barely believing the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm like, the Lord says he wants to heal that so you can enjoy the rest of the service. Let's just send that prayer to Uganda right now in Jesus' name. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I said, you know, I did the thing. Is that you? And I'm terrified. I'm like, if that's you, raise your hand. And all of a sudden, this lady raises her hand. And I was like, thank you, God. (laughs) And so we pray for her, and her headache went away immediately. Now, to my, I'm just thinking back on this, but. I think that was the first time I'd ever seen someone actually healed because I prayed for them. If I'm just being honest, it just dawned on me that that was the first time. And uh, after the service, she came up to me and she goes, Pastor, thank you so much for doing that before the message because I was sitting there in worship and I was asking the Lord, Lord, would you please heal this headache so that I can enjoy the rest of the service? And I'm telling you, that miracle happened with someone that had 13.5% faith. I had, I had 13.5% faith, but 100% belief that if I didn't do it then, I might never know what it means to be fully persuaded. You don't start off fully persuaded. You don't start, start off full of faith where you've got all this calm. You don't start off that way. You don't start off knowing, excited to give 10% to the church, excited to give more than that to the church. You don't, you don't start off wanting to pay off people's cars and pay off people's houses. And you don't start off by walking into grocery stores saying, Lord, you just start pointing them out. I'm about to start laying them down Benny Hinn style. Just, <laughs> you don't start off that way. It doesn't start off that way. It starts off like, <laughs> just kind of half scared steps of Jesus, I just need more. At some point, I'm going to have to do something that doesn't make sense and I'm scared to do, and I'm not even 100% sure I believe it, but I need you to show up. Because just this, the, the, the old school thing I grew up in where everybody talked this way, but their lives never looked like it, that's not good enough for me. So I, either I'm going to be a heathen or we're going to get this sucker figured out. Because the heathens look like they're having a lot more fun. Can we just be honest? Maybe we just mesh the two together and be like spiritual heathens. It's like, is that even a word? Like, what are we doing here? I don't even know what I was talking about, to be honest with you. I, I, just, I, I just feel the Lord saying, just remind them, I'm just looking for a little step. 
I'm just looking for a little step, a little, a little, bit, of, a little bit of action. I read this in the first service, and if you are just that excited about church and want to listen to the podcast, I've finished this message in the podcast. So in the book of James, it talks about how faith without works is dead. In other words, you can say all you want, I believe in something, but if there's no real corresponding action to it, you, re- you really don't believe it. I used this example last week about we all, everybody in this room, we have faith in chairs. You know how I know? Because you're sitting down. So you had enough faith to go, I know what that is. That's a chair. And I can sit in that thing and it'll hold me up. So you did something attached to what you believe. It's real hard It's real hard to think that you have real faith that God can heal people if you never pray for them to get healed in the first place. He's he's saying, hey, take a step of faith. Take take a step of faith. This is going to sound crazy to somebody. I don't know if I've told this story yet. But on uh, a couple months ago on spring break, I tried to raise a guy from the dead. Uh, we came upon a, an accident and um, the, the, the guy was clear we were the, basically the first ones on the scene that's why I came up to me panicking and I, he was laying there he was, he was clearly dead and I uh, and I had I missed an opportunity the time before I was kind of working through some things and I realized I wasn't ready but this time I was like okay and so with I'm just being honest with you with trembling I just stood from a distance and began to speak life and, and told life to come back into his body. And I just began to declare over him. And I, I mean, I'm standing in the middle of the road. The ambulance is not there yet. There's just all this chaos. And here I am standing, willing to look like an idiot. Here's the point. He didn't come back to life. But I'm going to try again another time. It's not the result that we're after. Now, granted, I did want the guy to come back to life. That's not what I'm saying. But it's not God saying, God, you, I told you in my word if you believed and not doubt in your heart that you could pray these things and anything you pray would happen. What's wrong with you? You know what he was doing? That a boy. We'll get him next time. <laughs> you got to be willing to do crazy things. What kind, of cra- what kind of crazy person prays for a guy t- to come to life? What kind of crazy person gives 10% of their income to a church? What kind of crazy people walk into grocery stores with words of knowledge and pray for cashiers and people in the grocery store to get healed? I'll tell you the kind of people, the people that have more faith in God than they do themselves. People that say, you know what, I've got to take a step. And I just have a, I have a hunch, I have a, a belief that God is urging us as a church to just start going for more. Stop saying we believe in things. Stop just saying, oh, I, I believe in healing. Good. Then go pray for someone this week to get healed. I believe God wants me to prosper. Good. Then give him some more of your money. And if, you're, if this ruffles your feathers, you're like, oh my gosh, you, that's the second time you brought up money. Give it to somebody else. I don't want it. <laughs> it ain't about the money. It ain't about the money for me. It ain't about the money for God. It's about the faith and the heart attached to it. Do you trust him more than you trust yourself? It's funny. Even money, it's the the only only one of his commands that he says we can test him on. He said, go ahead, try me. 
dry meat, you know. I'm sorry, it's long service. He says, try me. Try me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there's not room enough to receive. I'm asking you, try it. If you think I'm after your money, give it to some other church. It is not the issue. We're not low on money here and I need to drum up a little something-something. But I'll tell you what, as a church, and this is not a condemning thought, we are lower on faith than we need to be. So how about me included? So how about us as a church? We just start taking bigger risks. We start going for more, like we more, more of what, more of who He is, more of what He can do. Give Him a chance to do more in our lives because we're willing to take more risks than we've ever taken before. Anybody else want to be okay if we go on that journey as a church together? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland-Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.